Thanks for finding Organic Matters. Once or twice a year, I try to, certain subjects I always kind of want to bring up, maybe the words harp on. One of them, of course, is always water conservation. I haven't talked about that in a while. I'm trying each time to get it at a different approach, hoping at some point I'll hit the little button for different people that makes them realize, hey, this is really important to all of us. Even in today's economy, water conservation is something many households just sort of take for granted. In an area with an abundance of water, you might not think about how much fresh water you waste from day to day. In hot weather, it's even more important, and boy have we been having it, to conserve water. Droughts make water scarce, and you might be even fined in certain cities now, a number of cities, for wasting water. And it should go without saying, of course, conserving water also conserves energy. It's better for the planet if you use less water in your daily activities. By making a few simple changes and knowing a bit more about where your water is going, you can really start to conserve water more aggressively. So to begin, let's talk about my uh, approach to a shower, for instance. I don't work every day now, so it's not quite as important that I'm... Sometimes I go all day without even seeing another human. You may know that taking excessive baths, of course, wastes water, and that swapping to showers does help water conservation. Most of us, I think, have done that. It makes sense that shorter showers obviously save water. Shower routines are important, but you should try to shorten your routine as much as possible, while still adhering, of course, to every step that you deem necessary to feel clean. While it's okay to treat yourself for a long shower now and then or a bath when you actually need it, Shorter showers are friendlier to the environment, for sure. Fans of a hot water bath may feel a little dismayed at this approach, but it is more efficient to shower in cooler water because you're not wasting the time or the energy to heat that water up as much. The fact doesn't mean that you should only take cold showers. You know, I understand. Consider cutting down on the frequency and take hot showers and choose to use lukewarm or at least comfortably warm water. Besides, a little cold water won't hurt you. Some believe that colder showers actually improve circulation and concentration. And here's one that bugs me even for some of my neighbors. How often do you water your lawn? While having a beautiful green yard might be a dream, it's not always realistic. The amount of water your grass needs is dependent on several factors, like the type of soil it's growing in. Many homes sit on top of clay soil, which just doesn't absorb water as quickly as loam or sand. If your grass grows out of clay soil, consider using less water on it, but watering for a longer period of time when you do water. I've advocated this for years. If you use too much force at one time, the water just runs off and is lost. So being of no use to your yard at all, it's just gone. Aim to keep your grass alive, but don't overwater. Overwatering can be bad for both plants and the rest of the environment. The runoff water that comes from overwatering your lawn can lead to erosion and other sources or might contribute to water damage near your home's foundation. And I happen to be living in a piece of property right now that dumps into a creek. There's a running creek behind this property. All the fertilizers and the other, I want to use the word crap, you put on your lawn, always ends up in the waterway, folks, which ends up in the river. So first change what you're doing. The way you fertilize should be done all naturally and all with good organic materials, number one. And for the most part, everybody, not everybody, but many people I know far over fertilize. 
They treat their lawn like they're growing hay that needs to be cut. You need to only feed your lawn enough to keep two or three inches of grass green. Uh, these services that come in and, and fertilize once a month, once or twice, four times a year, are just not necessary for most of our lawns to maintain enough green for us to appreciate them. In this weather, I do want to kind of warn for things, especially for your children and you. Even though you want to help conserve water, by all means, do that. But you don't want to stop drinking the right amount of water for yourself. On average, and I don't necessarily think this number's in stone, but they've always said the average adult needs around eight glasses, I guess that's eight, eight ounce glasses of water per day. But your personal water intake will, of course, depend on your size and how active you are. Just keep yourself hydrated. And every liquid counts, folks. You know, when they say eight glasses of water, that's eight glasses of liquid. I mean, that even coffee's not always the best thing for you, although I drink a cup or two a day. That, it, that does add to your total liquid intake, so consider that. And think about this. Of course, as I get older, it means more. Uh, you lose water when you're asleep. You can easily become dehydrated overnight, and especially if you're in warmer weather. If you don't take care of yourself and drink enough during the day, consider, of course, always having water by the bed. And strangely, there's now trackers that go on apps on your phone or on your watch that'll assure that you get enough water intake. Sounds weird, but some people do need to be reminded. Just make sure you're opting for, and I, I pushed this just last week for instance, opt for filtered faucet water and get away from drinking from water bottles. They don't do you any good. The water's not any safer. It's very expensive for you and not good for the environment, not just the water itself. That seems to be okay. But the containers invariably end up in the wrong places and are very slow, if not impossible, to degrade. And here's something to consider that I kind of probably underestimated. Leaks, okay? They're not doing any good for anybody. You should always check to make sure your faucets aren't dripping, unless they absolutely need to, like when you have potential freeze coming in the winter, I do understand that. And take care of any leaks as soon as you see them if you can. Small leaks actually turn into huge ones without you even knowing it. About 50% of the household water lost in our nation is due to leaks, way more than I thought when I started looking into the science of it. Pinpointing them and stopping them is essential and good water conservation. And this notion sort of counts for leaks <clears throat> on your house plants too, think about that. Whether they live indoors or outdoors, you should avoid watering your plants during the hottest part of the day. That includes your lawn, folks. When you water them in off times, you increase their chances of actually absorbing the water before it evaporates, number one, because it's cooler. Try watering them in the morning or after the sun has gone down for the most efficient results. And that makes me think of something that I'm somewhat guilty of. Just making small changes in the way you live can, can help. For instance, one way to conserve water is to plan your meals ahead of time. Instead of pulling frozen meat out of the freezer, then dethawing it, you know, sticking it in water and letting it run or letting it go all day, uh, just take it out the night before or the day before and leave it in the refrigerator and let it thaw out slowly. There's even some pardon the pun, food for thought that tells you your food's better if it's slowly thawed instead of quickly thawed before you cook it. 
I mean, just think about it. If it's just the families that do it, just quit wasting one sink full of water if that's all they do to thaw it. Times the tens of thousands, if not millions of meals it's made every day in this country. Think the amount of water that's just going to waste for dinner. You might also want to reevaluate how you treat your garden since we're talking food. Pesticides contribute to water pollution. When you water your plants, pesticides wash into the water and into the soil, I already mentioned this, and into the creek down the road, which goes into the ocean eventually. And they can pollute that body of water. And of course, the wildlife or even the fish that live in it. Consider using an alternative to pesticides and herbicides and synthetic fertilizers in your garden to prevent that pollution. It's just unnecessary in today's society. We have perfectly acceptable, organically tested fertilizers, herbicides, and pesticides that are not harmful to the environment. Just take the time to learn a little bit more about them. Since there's no doubt as we approach 7 billion people that fresh water is rare and going to get more rare, you should pay a lot of attention to how you use it. Don't take your clean water for granted. Some people may have the luxuries that they can, but not everybody. By cutting back on water, you can serve it for families and households that may need it more while also improving your own carbon footprint, which you should feel good about. You'll also pay less on your monthly bills, but that's just a bonus when you consider the huge helping hand you're giving the overall environment. So think about that water before you turn it on. Think about it before you use it. Certainly don't jeopardize your own health, but do realize that our fresh water is a limited commodity. And as we continue populating the earth, it's, it's going to become one of the most important necessities of our life as time goes on. Let me give you sort of a, con a conservative figure here I want you to think about. If you have a thousand square foot roof on your house, and that's a very small house, most people are approaching 1,500 to 2,000 square feet. Each one inch rain will give you on a thousand square foot roof over 600, it averages about 625 gallons of water. That's for a one inch rain. Now where I am in central Texas, the rainfall average is about 25 inches of rain a year. So the average year will give that house, if it was collect its water from its own roof, 16,000 gallons of water, roughly. Enough to live on, think about it. Yes, it's gonna be an initial setup. Yes, you have to have either barrels or underground storage systems, but it's becoming more and more common. I spent some time a few years ago in Australia. I was amazed that there's whole ranches and whole properties that are only run from the rainwater they collect and they don't get in many parts of Australia near the rain we do. So it's something to consider if you're in a set. Not everybody's going to be able to do this. I know that. But think about the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of rooftops that we have that could be, for that matter, this is really weird if you want to get strange. Not only could those roofs be collecting solar energy that will run your home a good percentage of it. In my case and my brother's, he runs his entire home off of a solar roof. But that same roof can also collect you 15, 20,000 gallons of water for a year service. It starts paying off for itself pretty doggone quick. So think about that. 
You've got a way to do that if you've got a way to upstore the water. Even if you only do a few thousand gallons or a few hundred, these rain barrel things, they, oh, that's not a good idea. Yes, it is. A rain barrel at the couple ends of a good a garage, for instance, can collect you enough water to water your garden to feed you for the whole year if you would like it to do it. And it's not, that's not a very expensive setup. So just another consideration. Not only consider about the water you're using, but why not consider the water you can collect or save right on your own property? Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.